It's Christmas time, ladies and gentlemen, and Santa Claus has finally arrived on Wall Street. The Dow up over 500 points today, Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And we have a very special guest with us today. Nicole Middendorf from Prosper Wealth Financial is going to break it all down for us. Nicole. We went through the Fed's announcement last week. Markets were getting punched left and right. But here we are starting the Santa Claus rally. Or are you thinking differently? I'm thinking we have a little Santa Claus rally going on, which is exciting because we need it. I feel like emotionally across America, we are just destroyed. And so this glimmer of hope today was a very blessed one for for many people. Um, I'm always an optimist by nature. I will always be that way. So anytime I can take some of these short-term rallies, I'll take them. But from, you know, I'm, I'm always an optimist, but things aren't amazing, particularly inflation and interest rates. I know. It's because interest rates and inflation, those are like the two big, huge, big concerns, but I, I will take this Christmas rally. I love Santa Claus. I'm a huge fan. So I'm excited for it. For well, the she's short from term. Minnesota, Todd. She's closer to Santa Claus than anybody else. Is. In the snowstorm as well right <laughs> exactly. now. No doubt about that. And the cold weather. Well, Toby, what do you think? I mean, because here we are, it's closing out the year, but all signs are, you know, right now you have to suspect with lower volumes, you will have somewhat of a short-term trend on the upside. But is this going to stick? I mean, going into the new year? Well, all right, let's just chop it down to a couple of bits here. Number one. This is the holidays. Half of the people that work for me are no longer here. If you go to you know a, a trading desk and so on and so forth, people have already. If they can get out, they're they're you know right. getting on planes. All right. A. B. This is the time where if people haven't sold you know stuff that losers for tax purposes, um, you know over the last week, then you, you've seen a lot of tax selling, et cetera, et cetera. But volume is still you know number one, number two, and number three about where, where direction is going and. Uh, as I said, I, th- I think since we started this podcast, which feels now like three years ago, even though it was three right. months ago, uh, is that it's a in a bear market, a rally is a bear rally until it's not. And for now, the third time the market has gone up to the 200-day moving average on all of the indexes and stopped like, well, I can think of a lot of analogies, but most of them are not couth. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, if you if you can't get past the 200-day, if you fail three times in a row, then you know who's in charge of the market? It's the algorithms and the momentum players. And the, the, the there's no incremental buyer. The only incremental buyer that it's the non-price-sensitive buyer is short covering. Um, and so t- today, in my uh, estimation, I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. I'm a realist. Um, we had 12 years, free money. Zero interest rates, quantitative easing, uh, you know, uh, cash is crash or trash, bonds are trash, yada, yada, yada. That era okay. is over. And and the idea somehow that now I'm just going to step in and, you know, buy Amazon down 10, down 20, down 40, down 60, down 80%. And you call that, and somebody calls that an investment strategy, I call that a death wish. And we still have a fair amount of death wishers out there. On the other hand, 
we're up 87% so far this year because guess what? We took advantage of the Brexit, which I call the Russian exit. We own tankers, oil tankers, gas tankers, LNG tankers. We own MLPs. We own LNGs. We, everything over the G we own. And, and they're doing well because we're in a secular bull market for getting the hell out of Russia. We're getting in a secular bull market for you know transporting uh, okay. natural gas, et cetera, et cetera. There are bull okay. markets within this bear market. But to say that the Santa Claus rally is over and blah, 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 is like, you know, just keep snorting that crap. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Nicole, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, if that's the case, there are a lot of headwinds. I mean, you've been talking about it, I'm sure, with your clients. We're talking about the Fed continuing to raise mm -hmm. rates. You have the inflation bug. Obviously, it's not going to go away anytime soon. I mean, with all those headwinds, though, do you have anything? I mean, are, are you thinking big, big things for 2023? Or are you sticking with the optimism theme? Or do you think that maybe this is buyer beware time? I think it's buyer beware time. I think you need to be really picky and careful. I agree completely with Tobin. Like, there's been tons of tax loss selling. Like, we've had tons. People have, companies have done well, better than they expected. So we have a lot of small business owner clients that have a huge tax bill to pay that they weren't planning on. That yeah, okay. money is gone. And so they're looking at, okay, I need to one, minimize my tax bill and also raise some cash to pay that tax bill. So you have that going on. But then you also have the whole issue of, you know, M&A stuff, like institutional banking, like all of those things that we had in the pipeline, like that has halted and slowed yeah. down dramatically. And so people are, people are nervous. I mean, you know, I'm a business owner myself. It's like, okay, like, what's happening? You know, what should we be doing? And really, I, I mean, I told all of my employees, I'm like, here's the deal. <laughs> like we need to spend money <laughs> before the year is over. Cause I'm one of those that has a huge tax bill to pay. I'm like, but we're not spending a single dime the first quarter of next year. Yeah. And I know I'm not That's alone as a business owner. A lot of people are con concerned of like, what is going to happen? What's on the horizon? And what is this going to look like, particularly in next, the first quarter of, of next year? Yeah. And, you okay. know, Todd, I, you know, we have a model that we that we built that's been proven pretty accurate over the last 10 years. Um, and I was just looking at like the headline stuff. EPS estimates, our EPS estimates are down 14% for the first quarter. That's just right. taking, extrapolating what they're doing and, and taking away. Valuations. If you look at the Russell 1000, I look at the Russell 1000 growth and 1000 value because I think that's probably the best index to understand valuations. And Russell 1000 is still 30% higher than it was last time we were in a bear, a bear market. And, and then last time we were in a bear market, the Fed wasn't raising rates. We have obviously a terminal rate here of five to five and a half percent before you know the Fed halts. So that needs to be, but so that means then price earnings ratios should come down because I'm discounting those earnings in the future at a higher rate. This Russell 1000 is 30% above. We've yeah. blown out all the SPACs. We've blown out all the cracks. We've blown out, you know, the stupid shit <laughs> and the yeah. insane IPOs. I love the number today that the average IPO that was done in the last two years is down 80%. Wow. You know, are those investment bankers giving back their fees to the <laughs> that they sold that crap to? Come on. You know? That's not so, going to happen. Bonus time is coming up. But, but to her point, <laughs> the number one issue, whether you're a small business, mid size business public company is there's like a there's like a poster on the wall when you walk into your office now it says we are taking 25 percent of the cost and overhead of this business out of this business so get on or get out and mm -hmm. and that is the sign that finally we're going to get you know somewhat out of this incredible thing where we have 
two jobs for one you know available employee because until you get at that service wage number which is you know in service businesses 60% of the overhead until that cracks the sticky yeah. part of inflation shelter interest costs etc is not coming down and you know it's great that gas prices are lower but that's for a consumer that's you know four and a half percent um, right, right. No, so I gotcha. we've done part what? of the job. We've crushed all the crazy shit, high flyer stuff. That's done. Kathy Wood, God bless her. She had eighteen billion dollars. Now she's got you know two billion, and they're all YOLO <laughs> FOMO people. Yeah, dude, I, I think I think I can't believe Snowflake's one hundred eighty five dollars selling at a seventy five p. You know, she is buying what? a Tesla, and her her thought is long term. I mean, she 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 announced today that she picked up what another hundred thousand shares. I mean, she is not stopping. Well, so, I'm in the, I'm in the money management business. I couldn't look anybody in the eye if I said, yeah. "Gee, I mean, my people are older people who are already rich. My first job is not to make them less rich." Yeah, and I know you run into this young lady as well that people are. Yeah, but if I take a profit, I'm going to pay taxes on it. I say, well, if you would have followed my advice and moved half of your shit into a Kio, uh, you know, uh, what I'm trying to say, the Roth. That's how old I am. I just said Kio. A Kio? Uh, <laughs> if you would have moved it into a Roth. I'm like, wow. Around, I was around during the Lincoln administration. <laughs> Whenever I need like 50 grand, I just pull it out of the Roth and there's no taxes. So this is the time, I don't know about you, but for me, this is when I've told you so a hundred times. So at the hundred and first time, are we finally going to actually roll all those three 401ks you have over and put it into a Roth? Are we going to roll some of this other stuff? Are you going to take some losses? Blah, blah, blah. Because when you go into the Roth, you're going to have a taxable event. It's a great opportunity. But if you're sitting on your hands, then nothing's going to happen and you're, you're not going to be any better off. Yeah. And, and to piggyback on the earnings conversation, the I mean, one thing with FedEx earnings coming out today, the stock was up big. But remember, they had to raise costs and, and uh, or, I'm sorry, cut costs and, uh, and raise their prices. And therefore, uh, their earnings report was actually OK, but it does nothing to show if there's an increase in demand. And I think that's where companies right. are going to have the biggest issue of, of having to really prove and show evidence that, oh, yeah, the consumer still has an appetite for their product or service. Well, so I think just that's where the warning yeah, I mean, We, we track, track UPS, XPO, FedEx, uh, Atlas Air. And th- th- again, th- I have that fuzzy thing so you can't see it. Uh, the the <laughs> number of packages they're delivering is down about 8%, you know, year over year. Yeah. And it, it's been going down. But, you know, to the original point here, when people say, Ixnay on the ending spay in the first quarter, that's pig Latin for you people at home that don't, you know, speak pig Latin. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, there's a moratorium. You know, it's like if I see a freaking Amazon package in that joint checking account, honey, then, you know, yeah. I'm going to cut you off tequila for a week. <laughs> that'll, that'll, now you're talking. So that'll there work. You, you got to go threat. You, you got to go hard here. There you go. All right. So listen, Nicole, you want any final thoughts on the markets? I mean, anything that investors are should be uh, thinking about as we close out the year? I would, I mean, I would say make sure you're taking advantage of the things like Tobin, you know, mentioned the Roth, like the backdoor Roth IRA, you know, there were rumblings that it was going to go away last year. There were rumblings yeah. away that it was going to go away this year. So, you know, take advantage of the things that are available before the year is over and then make sure you're positioned well um, in next year. I also would say though, people are really, um, feeling it at the grocery store, like inflation. I know you mentioned gas prices, but you know, people, I mean, people are really feeling the, the pinch and that things are, and, and I shouldn't say just say individuals, companies are really feeling it. The costs are dramatically going up. 
when we're, we're really feeling that inflation. So that's the other thing to watch and be careful for. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's for sure. All right. Well, listen, coming up after the break, and Nicole's going to be with us for the whole show, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to break down the Nike earnings, and we're going to really talk about that retail investor and a retail sector and whether investors should stay away or stick going into 2023. We'll be right back after the break. Please stay with us. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Buy, hold, sell live brought to you by Transformity Research. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Did you know that 82% of all internet traffic is video? At Bigwig Media, we believe that not only is video the present, it's the future. Are you looking to tell your story in a more dynamic and effective way? Bigwig is designed to be your production studio whenever you need it. Our team will give you a tour and a consultation to identify your needs and we'll make it easy for you. Bigwig works with trade associations, corporations, and nonprofit advocacy groups to provide broadcast quality content, media trainings, capture stakeholder fly-ins, and hold live and virtual events. Everybody is a Bigwig at Bigwig Media. Let's tell your story. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Buy and Sell. Today 
is Wednesday, December 21st, and we saw the Dow rush up today. We saw the Dow hit over 500 points, add another 500 points, as well as the rest of the broader averages. And as a result, the Santa Claus rally may actually be here, but time will tell, obviously. But it seems that my Wrong. guess with Tobin Smith and Nicole Wrong. Middendorf, we are thinking 50-50. It could go either way. But we'll have to see. Oh, but that was on the heels. Of, yeah, right. All great. But it was on the heels of the earnings report coming out of Nike today. That Nike stock was up over 12%. It's up again after hours right now, mainly because not just their sales were great, but their inventory controls were fantastic. And that's something that other retailers have failed to deliver on this year. And we've seen those stock prices from companies like a Walmart, a Target, a Kohl's. They've actually dropped this year considerably mainly yeah. because of their inventory issues. But going forward, Nicole, right now, when you're out, you're out of Minnesota, people are cold, but you got that big mall there in Minneapolis. I forget what it's called. Uh-huh. But everybody, yeah, everybody, mm. you know, I would imagine is going to go shopping there for the holiday season. But are you seeing the volume of shoppers? And if there are shoppers there, are they holding any shopping bags? Yeah, it's it's been packed. I mean, really, like even the the smaller malls here in Minnesota, like it's actually been frustrating to the point where like you're made, you know, like you can't even get into the Lululemon store. Like you're standing in line because there's so many people in there that you can't get in. Mm. And so I, I went shopping all day on Black Friday and that was crazy since okay. it's been slower. Mall of America still is busy. I, it, I mean, it always will be because that's just, it's a destination. It's a place to go. They've got, they've they've got have had to do a stuff. lot of revitalization. They, yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't even well, have to go outside. You can fly in, go to the hotel and go. So people are spending money. And, and I, I think part of it is like, People are able to be out and, you know, the pandemic and, you know, people are shopping and I feel like there's this pent up of like, we're finally able to have a holiday season again. And so I, I feel like I'm concerned as a financial advisor that people are spending more than they really can afford. Like people, credit card dollar amounts are going up and, and balances are going up. And so I feel like people are spending too much and people are out there shopping, they're shopping and they're spending. Yeah. You got that right with Toby. We've seen the debt to income ratio actually increase. Uh, it's, we're back to the levels that we saw in 2008. People are leveraged. Shoppers are leveraged. I know yeah. in New York, I have not seen the volume of shoppers and I really am seeing discounts after discounts from a lot of the retailers, especially the, the local ones. Um, I have to, that I, that I think is cause for concern, but what about where you are in Arizona? I mean, you're in a, in a rather wealthy part of the country. Are people still going out there just spending money like well, plenty of? You know, first off, let's uh, understand a little bit about the wealth effect, the reverse okay. wealth effect and the wealth effect. Okay. So the top 5% of households in the United States own, or excuse me, top 10% own 85% of all the wealth, home equity, stocks, bonds, whole shizzle, right? The people that are not spending uh, their cash are the bottom 70% um, who only have 5% of the wealth. Okay. And those people are putting on the credit card. We see the numbers from Visa, from American Express, everything else. But it's not just that. It's also the, you know, the renta centers where you get a, a new TV for, you know, $19 a month, imputed interest rate of 36%. But, you know, who cares? Um, right. So it's, it's a haves and have not world number one. Number two, let's go to Nike. Nike made the transition years ago to e-commerce, to DTC, direct-to-consumer marketing. And that's what sets them apart from almost everybody else, certainly in, in the, you know, the casual leisure world. Because now about 35% of their sales are online. No brick and mortar, no wholesaler. 
Their margins are higher than anybody. They're in 186 countries around the world. And the swoosh, irrespective of the uh, World Cup, which was, you know, sponsored by Adidas, they got some decent coverage there, I, I think, you know. But um, yeah. I'm kidding. You're supposed to smile. They're the largest numbers ever, <laughs> Todd, for crying out loud. Yeah, I got um, you. I got you. Yeah. But, but Nike yeah. is sui generi, as they say in France. They are one of one. Yeah. They are very unique that way. And mm -hmm. so I wouldn't use Nike's numbers as, as the analog or model uh, for retail because they're, they're a complete outlier in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, that's, that's the thing about Nike, though. I think that they're, they've also been able to develop some great partnerships with Dick's Sporting Goods. You can actually go to a Dick's and buy a Nike product, mm -hmm. and you're actually going to get Nike points if you're a member of the Nike yeah. community. And so that's something that I think mm -hmm. their competitors like uh, Under Armour or Lululemon haven't been able to do yet as far as having that type of collaboration. So that can only help with the bottom line. The other side of it, though, I think is that inventory argument. Whereas how I understand it, if you go and purchase, if you go into a store and you want to purchase a Nike product, but they don't have your size, they can instantly pinpoint where that product is at another store and have it shipped to that store or shipped directly to you. That's the Nordstrom model. Whereas other stores, the bigger box stores like a Target, uh, to, you know, uh, Target does hey, not. Hey, they're from Minnesota. Eh? Don't say anything yeah. bad. Tar <laughs> tar right, right, right. Target does not have the ability. We love to Target. The technology in place to actually do that and take care of the customer as far as that point of sale or fulfilling that that need that I think that their uh, their shoppers want. So. That's been a big issue with Target. I, I actually can see that carrying over well into 2023. I don't know where that's going to turn. I don't know, if Nicole, if you have any thoughts on that since it's your hometown company. But I know from uh, my personal experience, every time I go into a Target, I've seen flea markets in better shape. I'm not exactly sure what they even have employees <laughs> to clean up in there. But that, I, don't know, I don't know how the, how people are able to buy anything if everything's lying on the floor. Hey, but I Nicole, Nicole, don't give him a courtesy <laughs> laugh. It's okay? very that was, different. Yeah, that was a it, total courtesy <laughs> laugh. Part. Was that? It's, I, I'm just being Minnesota nice. I mean, yeah, I know. It's I know Minnesota thing. nice, exactly. Yeah, when here's, we, when we get nice thing. on this so show, I'll, I'll we go to Target. Into the, we ground it into the carpet, okay? <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. So if you go to Target in Minnesota, it is a very different experience than if you go to a Target in another, another state. I uh, took a, a group, we were in Napa and went to a Target there. All of us are from Minnesota and we had this, and one of them, it was actually interesting, worked with Target. It was a very interesting experience. Like, so you, 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 I really feel like Target needs to do justice to their whole brand and give the same experience that they have for people because here people love Target and then their partnership with Ulta that whole makeup yeah. and all of that stuff. Right, like, yeah. I feel like if they do more and more of those things, that will really that will really help them. But not but not every store in the country has that though. Not every store is offering the Ulta right. products. So that's a huge bit. I mean, their margins there are huge. They're thirty five percent plus. And they're not receiving a lot of that money. So I would think that Brian Cornell, who's running Target, would actually look at that and say, look, this is meat and potatoes stuff, guys. I mean, just ship it out mm -hmm. to the stores, revamp that, that um, cosmetics area. And, um, and I think then they'll have yep. they'll, and the plus that feeds into other other potential products that are going to be uh, that are going to be purchased there at the store. Well, yeah, remember their 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 target audience is Nicole. Their target audience is not me, and it's right. it's it's in I mean, <laughs> the, the profits. 
I mean, first off, I go into the Target and it's like, hello, 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 hello. Yeah. All blue, yeah, blue, right. blue, four, four, four. Yeah, it's so true. Nobody there. There's no help there. The help that's there is like 17 year old guys scratching their ass, you know, moving a mop around. It's. <laughs> It's insane. I, and I'm not I feel so but, bad for both of you. I, <laughs> I feel so bad so that you need to hop on a plane and come to Minnesota and experience I have been, and I have been to take that. Before you were born, I have been to the Target in Minneapolis. <laughs> you mean and, Dayton's? Yeah, Dayton, right. When it was and Dayton's? It, well, but the one in Minneapolis is the one I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I have a lot of friends from Dayton. They love it too. But you're right that it is a different experience. There's actual human beings there that appear to have an IQ over 110. Uh, you know, there's an actual yes. <laughs> people who are who smile and giggle like you and say, Toby, you're funny. Would you buy more stuff from us, please? Yes, I will, I will, I will. So <laughs> they, you can't leverage that. The problem is for what, 2,400 stores or something, you, it's, you can't leverage that. And Ulta, I mean, the other thing that Target was sort of great at is that, you know, you could order online and then go pick up during the COVID and that, and that really helped yep. them, you know, in a way and other yeah. stores weren't doing it but guess what anybody can do that there's there's you know people's skills you can't teach uh that you know you have to attract a certain type of person but you know the other thing is is once you know makeup is sort of one of those weird things is that women continue to buy it they raise the prices they still buy it because because mm-hmm. you know whatever works you don't want to quit using what works so that, that that's a very sticky business mm-hmm. but after they do this deal with ulta because ulta gets part of that sell you know they're it's helping their margins but you, you know you're not going to run yep. a 44 billion dollar market cap company just selling uh, a makeup because otherwise freaking ulta would be 44 billion or 88 billion or wherever they are uh so so I wouldn't use Target as the example of sales. I, I would look at okay. Visa, MasterCard, Amex, looking at receipts, how many, you know, what people are actually buying. Um, okay. And the, the price mm-hmm. is higher because of inflation, but the unit volume is much lower. A lot of these stores are down 8% on unit volume. It's the price, but they're not making any more money because the prices are higher because their costs are higher too. And their service, except for Target, which in my area only hires, you know, three 17 year olds scratching their ass, that they, 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 they can't, their model doesn't work right. in a world where people are reducing spending. We're finally going to start to get some some layoffs here in the million to two million, two and a half million. And another two million jobs are going to be pulled out of the market. Remember, there's two sides of this equation. Um, there's jobs available and people available. I love right. the number today that, that 80% of kids between 19 and 29 are living at home. And they're using the money they're saving on rent, the, particularly the girls, to buy luxury goods. Now, that's just, yeah. yep. I love it. Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton person. Anything, but damn it, I got a Louis Vuitton that I got off Etsy. Yep. You know, the, the real, yep. real. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I can't make that up. So anyway, the retail, you know, world is is in a world of hurt for, uh, for obvious reasons. And when two million jobs are taken off of the market, and two million jobs are lost, and we start to get to some semblance of supply demand for particularly service labor, then you can say the Fed says, okay, you know, we've done enough. Then, you know, there's an opportunity to buy uh, investments, business development companies, mortgage REITs, closed-end funds, things that have high coupon rates that will be going higher and are selling at significant discounts to their asset value. That's going to happen next year. But it ain't going to be in January, and it's not going to be in certainly the first or second quarters. Um, and and that's what just pisses me off 
about these people, you know, on going on TV and are saying, dude, I, you, you got to look at your time horizon. Well, of course you got to look at the time horizon. But right. you know, Kathy Wood, God bless her. Now you have to live to 140 freaking years old to get your money back. <laughs> Stock markets only, you know, went up 7% a year from the, the 80s. They went up right. 10% a year, you know, in the the QT, or, uh, excuse me, the quantitative easing time last 12 years. She just lost you 80% of your money. So doing 80 to going back to normal sentences. So that's 10, that's a hundred years you got to live, boy, to get your money yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's right. Off. The YOLO, yeah, to, FOMO, you know. You'll make it, Toby. You'll make it. You'll make it. Don't worry. You'll get your money back. <laughs> I have faith. No doubt. All right. That's great news. All right. Well, listen, guys, let's spin, let's wrap it up there and we'll come up doing the coming up next after the break. Let's talk about Easy traveling for you to the say holidays. That. I know. Right. I know. I can't. I'm so tongue tied <laughs> today with Nicole on the show with us. This is great. Oh, All here right. we go. So listen, you have okay, here comes AAA. the truth. AAA came out and said 113 million Americans are going to be traveling this week alone by air, by train, by car, you name it. They're all traveling. Will this stick? And is this an industry that maybe investors should focus on? We'll break it down for you right after the break. Please stay with us. Hold Sell Live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Nutt. Through a roller coaster journey, journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Thank you. 
Michelle. And right now we're going to talk about traveling. Here we are. We're bumping up on the Christmas. We've got New Year's next week. And right now AAA came out and said that we're expecting 113 million Americans will be traveling someplace, could be close, far, whatever it is. But they're going to be utilizing every means possible to get to their destination. And this number actually is higher than last year, but where it's just slightly below that pre-pandemic line. But right now, you can see that the trends are there, guys, but I don't quite see, Nicole, where the numbers are going to stay. Because right now, you actually can look out over the next couple of months, you see some of these airlines, there's a lot of seats that are open right now. People just aren't planning that traveling, maybe in February and March. But what do you think? I mean, is this a telltale sign of what 2023 is going to be like? I hope it's going to stay. I love the busyness. <laughs> I love that okay. people are out traveling, but I don't think it's going to stay. I think part of it is, is people are hesitant with spending more on, and in, because of inflation, they're spending more day to day. And they're like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And so I feel like people are hesitant to book those spring break trips and book those things in advance. You know, I just, I feel like people are a little on edge and hesitant, but I'm hoping that they'll keep, that we'll keep these travel numbers up because it's exciting to see. How about you, Toby? Now you're a big traveler. You were just in Napa. I'm sure you're probably already thinking about a return there in 2023. And you, uh, you are quite the traveler, but I'm going back and forth to the East coast. But what do you think? I mean, you, you talk to people all, all the time. I mean, are they looking to plan travel? I mean, cause I'm worried about as a shareholder of Delta, do I continue to hold on to this stock thinking it's a good play? Because right now it seems to be some pressure on some of those stocks. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. I, I love the term revenge travel. It's like revenge against COVID that you're traveling. I, you know, love that. I've got more like cabin fever traveling. I get that part uh, for sure. <laughs> remember, unless it's a business flight. And oh, by the way, businesses are also saying, remember you used to get that first class? See in the back, pal. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um, it's it's. Again, it's all the wealth effect. It's all the you know difference in America between prosperous America and non-prosperous America. And unfortunately, now being middle class is non-prosperous because what it costs to have a middle class lifestyle in the United States is because of shelter costs, particularly, has gone up. 25%. So all of a sudden now, you know, why is streaming TV going so well? Because, you know, that's like I can go visit Rome, but I don't have to freaking go there. Um, I don't have to wait in line. I can also cut down about four or five of my streaming services because I'm, my budget is not making it. So when you have discretionary spending in travel, it's great to go to Europe with the d strong dollar. We've had more people from the East Coast going to Europe at any time, you know, in the last 10 years. I mean, I have, I have friends who went over to places that we've traveled to in Italy, and you can go in and buy a, a, a house, four-bedroom house, view of the lake, et cetera, with American dollars for about 200 grand. That house would sell for $5 million in Scottsdale that they're buying. Yeah. And they're buying them, you know, at a 25% discount. So in the have world, yeah, travel's up. Look at American Express number. We, that's, I said, we follow that in our index. When you, you look at, at, at business travel has, you know, never not coming back to what it used to be. Uh, but discretionary spending, particularly in Europe, is up. But uh, in the United States, uh, I'm a big Southwest fan. Uh, I use Southwest as the index for sort of affordable traveling. Yeah. And their numbers are flat. America, uh, United Airlines just purchased 80 new uh, Max uh, Boeing jets over the next few years. When they get rid of some of the junky planes they have, that's great. But at the, at the margin, you have to be confident enough and you have to have like credit line enough to fly. Flights prices are down 15, 18% from where they were four or five months ago. That's the biggest drop in the inflation rate was airline seats. But they're not, they're, you know, 
They're filling the planes, but they're only flying about half of the planes that they used to because they don't have enough pilots. So it's, yeah. it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a mess. Right. <laughs> I would not be owning airline stocks at this juncture, to say the least. Okay. And what about hotels? Same thing there or you'd stay away? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, ho- hotel, it's all by brand. If you have urban and you have leisure and, and you're like Marriott or like Hilton, where you don't own the hotels, you just simply yeah. run the reservation system and the marketing, then, you know, they're, they're fine. They're running it. If, if they have enough of the urban uh, sites and the and the great recreational sites, then, yeah, there's, their revenues are going up. We like buying the stock Sabre, S-A-B-R-E. You know, Sabre's the one who runs the actual computer behind all that stuff. And they yeah. get paid by unit. Mm-hmm. We usually buy them the stock under $10. Uh, that, but this year, I mean, we bought it last year, year, year and a half ago for $3. That's a 2PE. And when they, you know, when travel reservations go back up, the stock's now up to nine. There's some opportunities. But the one I like is Lind, L-I-N-D. They are run the very high-end uh, boats and they run the National Geographic boats up to Alaska and the Galapagos. We were down. The oh, yeah. We were down with those guys. They run the, the you know we travel we for, for our business and stuff we travel all over the world that's the best run organization they again are under like 10 bucks now that used to be a 40 dollars stock uh, all i know is i'm going to a new year's party or excuse me a christmas eve party and everybody at that party in scottsdale has either been in france germany italy asia taiwan in the last month so the rich people are doing fine and the rich people go on lind l-i-n-d so that is my buy stock recommendation. There you go. Now, Nicole, now you were just, you just were on a flight today. And I mean, was the flight yeah. back from here? <laughs> Are people seriously flying into Minnesota with that cold snow and the raw wind? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a completely full flight and we okay. were delayed. But it's the uh, holidays. We didn't have- That's true, it is the holidays. We were not One delayed. Of my- the in the holidays, you we might were as well not your flight pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, because that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the the people that are traveling, like, you know, people that were talking amongst each other on the plane, like they're traveling to see family or yeah. like even, you know, I was in Utah with my kids skiing and I, I loved it because these people were saying that they don't go, they don't do Christmas gifts or holiday gifts. They, they go, go on, on trips. And yeah, so they, they were all city, meeting there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm seeing more of that. Yep. That's where we were. <laughs> yep. Yeah, of course. You know, but I, I don't agree with prices. Like the flights that I've been, I don't know, maybe Tobin, I need to see where you're booking, but I'm, you know, I'm a Delta girl. And so I just go on and click, click, but my, the prices to me, I feel like I'm paying more than yeah. I have been to get where I need to go. Well, certainly more than last year. I'm just saying, is it year over year airline ticket prices were up like 14 to 25% because of fuel prices. And now with fuel prices coming down, the, the ticket prices are down, but it's, it's still very expensive. I mean, I'm flying to, uh, to uh, San Jose to go to a friend's house in um, uh, Santa Cruz for the holiday. And the prices came down. They're, they're originally quoting a 350 round trip from Phoenix and we got them a week ago for like two twenty five. So you know, I mean, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some. But the only place I've ever seen where the rates are coming down are at Southwest because they have such a good organization. Yeah, I know you're right about that. Well, I'm planning trips actually. Uh, my son with his recruiting visits, and you know, I can't get over the the fact. I mean, this is January and February, and. I mean, I it's nuts. I mean, that it's that it's costing as much as it is. I just don't understand it. I I guess a lot of people want to get down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina in January. Who knows? But 
I'm just uh, a bit stunned by the amount of uh, by the high prices at the hotels and the air flights right now. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll they, see. They, their their expenses are up. Their wages are up 15 to 18 yeah. percent. Um, everything about their business is up. The interest rates, yeah. if they have variable mortgages, it's more expensive. I mean, it. welcome to the, I call it the age of chaos, Todd. We have a new uh, promotion going out for Transformity Research, the number one performing investment newsletter and money manager in the United States. Thank you very much. Yes, it is. Yes, and, it is. Yeah, And um, uh, it, up 87%. Other losers are down 40%. But everything is in shortage from pilots. The only thing that prices come down is gas and fuel is about 18% of your of your ticket. So if, if jet fuel prices come down 50%, then you know, you're going to get 9% down there, but everything else, flight attendants are paid more. Pilots are on strike. They're going to go on strike January 2nd. That'll be fun. Don't fly that oh, week. Okay. I am. <laughs> it's my 20 year anniversary in business. So I'm taking my whole what? team to Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah. 20 years ago on January 6th, I left Morgan Stanley. Ah. So I'm taking, taking my whole team to Miraval, not Arizona. We're going to Texas. Good. Good. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm just, uh, so, you know, travel in, in the hotel business is rough. Vegas has done great, but they're not making any more money. It's packed. They're having record numbers. They're having record gambling take, but everything's so freaking expensive that the, the, their margins have got, you know, got cut in half. So I, you know, people were surprised when we said, well, we're going to short some of the um, big Caesars and stuff like that. Well, all of a sudden, everybody said, hey, everybody's going to Vegas. Let's buy the stocks. And they didn't look at the margins. Uh, and, and you know, yeah, the occupancy was up 50%, but the operating costs were up 30%. So yeah. it's, it's I don't think it's an investable space, Todd. Planes, okay. trains, automobiles, I don't want any of them. There you go. Well, good to know. Good to know. All right, guys, well, we'll leave it there. So we want to thank everyone for tuning in today. And we'd like to, to thank, uh, wish everyone a happy holiday, no matter how you celebrate with Hanukkah or Christmas or any other way. We just really appreciate you being here. And we really hope you have a safe and happy holiday holiday season. So on behalf of Nicole Middendorf and Tobin Smith, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Thanks again for joining us for today's edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. We look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel.